Support Black Podcast. Coming to you from the Loudspeakers Network, it's Fan Bros, the premier podcast of geek culture by geeks of color. Fan Bros sets itself apart from other podcasts by not only breaking down what's current in geekdom and fandom, but examining things through the lenses of race, gender, sexuality, and cultural differences, particularly how these are handled or mishandled in mainstream media. Fan Bros provides a unique perspective for a largely unrecognized audience. So join DJ Ben Amin, Kimson, and of course the Grand Duchess of Tech herself, Tatiana, every week on iTunes, SoundCloud, and any place and every place that you get Fan Bros. Brought to you by the Loudspeakers Network. And remember, support Black Podcast. It is. It's the magic number. Somewhere in this hip hop world community, because I do the De La Soul version. It comes three, Mace Poss and me, and it's the magic number. What's it all mean? Hey, what's up? Welcome to the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. Oh, if you knew what went into this show, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Len, aka the Bat Tribble of Black Tribble's fame. And as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. It's All Soul, Wednesdays, 8 to 10 p.m. on G-Town Radio. Today, ladies and gentlemen, we are starting our series of shows coming to you from the planet known as Brooklyn with two O's. And we are reviewing 2017's, maybe their big, the biggest black film of 2017. Absolutely. You say? Absolutely. That would be Queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett Smith, Tiffany Haddish, and... The Irrepressible, mm. Regina Hall in Girls Trip. And we are reviewing it with a young lady that, for my money, should have been the fifth person <laughs> in Girls Trip. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the Grand Dame of Tech, all the way from the Loudspeakers Podcast Network. You know her as. Tatiana King of Fan Bros is here right. on the show mission. Welcome. What's up? Welcome. Thank you for having me. Three is the magic number. <laughs> I appreciate all of the love, support, and patience. But thank you very much for being here. I'm I you know, you know I already love you. I love Butchables and I'm learning about you. There so you I'm go. All this stuff together. So I'm very happy to be here. Thank you. Now for those in the uh for our missionaries that yeah. may not be familiar with Fan Bros, mm-hmm. give them the the, the the elevator pitch on what Fan Bros is all about. Fan Bros Show is a show about geek culture and pop culture from the perspective of people of color. Mm-hmm. We talk to everyone in almost every industry. So s- movies, TVs, video games, science, literature, the whole nine yards. Um, we have a podcast and a YouTube channel where we do our thing. We do all of our content there. And as you mentioned, we're on a loudspeakers network. So we're on the same network as... Um, in the past, the Combat Jack show, the Read, uh, Friend Zone, all of that. Cool. Now, now, how long have you been down with Ambrose yourself? Four and a half years. Four and a half years. Yep. 
Wow. Yep, it's been a long time. And we've evolved to the point where, and we talk about this, that you have to be professional. So we've been, in, <laughs> we, we've been incredibly professional in this space and learned a lot and really have, have come up through this, this section of the culture along with places, people like Black Tribbles and mm-hmm. everybody else. So it, it's a good space to be in. And when you're with the right people, you can really make a lot of magic happen. Most definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Let me ask you, because I, I, I'm always struck by this, like, you know, ever since I got into this whole Black Tribbles thing, like, the geekiest moment that I ever had, like, the, the like I never would have believed that I, ever I was sitting at a table interviewing Nichelle Nichols from Star Trek. You know I what I mean? I haven't interviewed her. And that she's my, that's my other, that's nothing with Fanbro Show. And every show we, we introduce ourselves with, like, a hundred different nicknames. And... That's one of mine. I'm the horror of the spaceship. So <laughs> that that is just like awe inspiring for me. I'm like, you talk to her? Yeah. You breathe her same air? I breathe her same air. First of all, let me tell you, I'll say this. In, in interviewing her, you know, we went in on Star Trek and everything like that. And it was all cool. And it was right around the passing of Leonard Nimoy. And um, I was actually flattered that she told me that uh, I was the first person that she had spoken with about that. You know, cause really? Because it, it, wow. it was maybe about two or three weeks after he had passed that I ended, she had come to Phila, Philadelphia and she said, you know, I really, I purposefully haven't like returned people's requests about interviews or anything like that. And then she, did, then she, she touched my hand and we had been talking for like maybe about 40 minutes at that mm. point. And she said, but I trust you. If, if, if you could, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you uh, to share, if you will, a few words uh, about um, Leonard Nimoy uh, with his recent passing. I have deliberately not talked about it because it hurts so much. And, uh, but I feel safe with you. Uh, I think we come on the same block. Um, it, it was not just a friend dying. It was a great loss mm. of, of a great talent. And, and I had looked forward to seeing everything he did after that and being lucky enough to be in one of them. Right. So, um, it was. I felt that's kind of the way I felt, you know, about it. And um, and and so the guy would just look at and he said, "It shows. It shows." I was like, "Wow, wow!" I have not heard this. It was. A, it oh was. A, it was a great interview. And and then of course I inducted her into the Tribble Nation, and she is forevermore Queen yeah. Tribble. Well, see, I remember the pictures, but yeah. I never knew that she spoke to. Well, number one, that you were the first person that she like really gave the entire scoop yeah. to. Really, yeah, wow, it was, it was really it was really dope. What, what has wow. been your geekiest moment so far with Fan Bros? Would you say? I would say it happened this past year, this past Comic Con, New York Comic Con, really, where we went backstage to interview the cast of Star Trek Discovery, mm-hmm. and I got to interview one of my childhood heroes, Mae Jemison. Get out of here! Nice, yes. wow. Yeah, so like it's so close to Star Trek, right. but yeah, right. But I, 
and I'm I'm a professional. We talked we spoke about we spoke about that already. So I was keeping it together, but inside I was in tears. Like I was crying. I, I can was, imagine. I was just like, and then we started. I'm really into text and and futurism and all that stuff. So she started talking about like containment fields, and I was sitting there like, wow. <laughs> I, I I almost had a conniption, but you can't if you watch and it, and it was on video. So. I don't know if you can tell on a video, but I was just looking at her and some, some people might be like, it's her, you know, her eyes are glazing over, but no, I was crying, <laughs> right, right. but that was probably the geekiest time and to be backstage talking about Star Trek, mm-hmm. one of my most, my favorite, uh, one of my most favorite fandoms. And then to be talking to an actual astronaut, yeah. a black woman, and then be talking about containment fields. It was so many levels to it. Like right. I, I thought I was gonna die. So wow, yeah, yeah. that's like the best onion ever. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For real. See, now I, I, I had heard that you were into Star Trek, and, and we had met when uh, yeah. Mission Fifty, yeah, um, a couple of years in, in New York City. But I didn't know that like, you were hardcore into Star Trek like that. I would say so. Now, like, I'm not gonna know every single last thing about it, and because Vince will quiz you. I, right, so don't quiz me because I might get it wrong, <laughs> and it also depends on what you're talking about. Because right, I right. like my preference is the next generation. Okay, and I, I, I for varying degrees depending on the the series, I I may know some. I would say I'm not like a standard random on the street who probably knows nothing, but I'm right. also not like going to have the encyclopedia of all things Star Trek either. Like there's right. going to be some stuff I just don't know. But you don't speak fluent Klingon. No. <laughs> And she can read it. She, no, she can read it. No. She can read it. I but dabble, I can't speak you know, it. Right, it's like, right. I speak like Klingish, you know, like, like Spanglish. <laughs> like, like, like it's. Like if there's a Klingon bodega, yeah. you can. Like right. I could probably get, get right. my chopped cheese, but I'm not right. going to like have right, a right. financial conversation with oh, them right now. I got you. Now, so. I got you. Now, for, we have fans that listen to us that are also fans of our other podcast, mm. uh, Spock Adjacent, because mm. me and Vince are both big Trek heads. We are. So, which started out with us just doing reviews of Star Trek Discovery. So, let me ask you real quick, what were your thoughts of Discovery? Phenomenal. Yeah. Incredible. Okay. Oh. Amazing. I feel like that meme that Lady Gaga meme when she just starts yelling out <laughs> yeah. original, incredible, amazing, outstanding, superb. Like I and I I did not watch it on um CBS, whatever that streaming service is, but I watched it and That's what counts. I mean, yes. I saw it. I saw it. And to me, the, the way they went about it was prime example of what Star Trek should be. Like there's always always people who complain about the movies. They said, oh, it was too militarized. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the people who complain, like me, who complain about like the later TV shows like Enterprise, Trash. Like, I felt like it was right perfectly in the middle. It was centered. And then you had a black woman lead. Right. And then you also had um, Captain George Joe, even though that was like, to me, that was a bait and was switch. But <laughs> they, you had two women of color up front. And then you just had them going hard at everything. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you have the mission of exploration and all this stuff. And then to me, what I really loved about it was, for the to, in, at least in my view, the first time I've seen a Star Trek, they flipped the script in terms of letting you see from the Klingon perspective, from the other perspective. Right. That much. How yeah, they right. felt. Right. Because you always see it from Star Trek's perspective, the, 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 the fleet's perspective, Starfleet's perspective. You always see it from the colonizer's perspective. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, oh, well, we just exploring. We just showed up. We're just exploring. We're, we're just here. Nah, fam, you walked into our dominion, our right. territory, and, right. you, and you was mad. You was wild, disrespectful with it, and and this is why. And then you killed. You know what I'm saying? Like, like <laughs> they came wild. So 
for a show to show both sides and like right I think I don't know. To me, it was like revolutionary for for them to be speaking full Klingon, and then you see the the translation on the bottom, and them saying, Yo, "Yeah, yeah, Starfleet Wallen." And I understood. Like I wasn't like basically they 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 spoke from the side of the other. Exactly. The people who have always the people or the or the races have always been othered. Yes. On Star Trek, they spoke from their perspective. So oh. it it was it was refreshing to me. It looked really good to be a t- on TV. Like, it looked phenomenal. It looked amazing. The the effects, dope. The writing, incredible. And I just felt like it was a true take into what the next generation of Star Trek should be. My problem is just that they have it on that streaming network, and that you have to pay. That is trash. Right. By virtue, Star Trek should be on a, a network where you can see it regardless of whether you ha- had to pay for it. So everyone has access to everyone it. Everyone can see like, it. Like, Star Trek is really too important. If you sit there, yeah. one of their pretenses was, well, we want to bring the new people on. Exactly. How are you going to do that if you're charging people five ninety nine? Right. But let me ask you, though, because in every other place except the United States, after the season was over, it was then available on Netflix. Yeah. Everyone except for the United States. That's what I'm saying. But the United States is the main thing. Let the main thing be the main thing. But would you be fine with it being on Netflix? I already have Netflix. Yeah. See, but, <laughs> but you, but you would still so be. This but is you would be paying not having access. Yeah, just having another pay service. That's what it is. Because you're but paying you know, for but Netflix. You know, also, but also, even if you don't have Netflix, you probably have somebody to count to get on Netflix. <laughs> And See, that's what it is. There's enough of a huge blanket of people that can access Netflix, <laughs> whether by other serendipitous means you or not. You are the best. I'm just already. Saying, I'm just saying, like Netflix is on my Fire Stick, so I'm good. I'm my Fire Stick don't have CBS All Access. I like how we rode right over. I don't have it, but I saw it. <laughs> like I like how we glossed right over that. I'm I was like, wow, we did. just had a black ass moment. I'm glad we did because I wasn't going to explain how. Right, right. And and, and, and I wasn't going to ask. And it's all alleged anyway. But my point That's is... Right. Allegedly. My point is there's way more people who either directly have access to Netflix or by way of something else right, can right, access right, right. it. As opposed crook. to who the hell is paying $5.99, $9.99 if you want no ads. That's the other thing. Who's paying this money for CBS? <laughs> you watching The Good Wife? <laughs> what, I'm act- not watching The Good Wife. It's actually not The Good Wife. Or whatever it's called. It's, it's the sequel. It's The Good Firm. Whatever. I just want to watch Star Trek in peace for free. And if you're not going to put it on something that damn near everybody already has, then why, why bother? And they have seasons of The Odd Couple on there as well. What? <laughs> <laughs> Who and what and why? I like Tony Randall. All right? Leave me alone. We're not here for this, though. Look, I could go on and on about CBS's issues. And I told him, and, and that's another thing, I told him in the press room, I said, what the hell? Why didn't say it like that? But right, I was just, right, right, I was just right. like, that's right. I did. I, I asked the director. I was like, why? Well, the Black Tribbles have a, uh, a very nice coexistence agreement with CBS because of our <laughs> use of, of CBS Tribbles. CBS, Paramount, so. are, no, they are monsters for doing this. <laughs> Paramount on the movie side, CBS on the TV side. Y'all are monsters for doing this. They have been very, very good to me. That's right. Hey, hey, this is a Michelle mission. I don't have nothing to do with you and Paramount's I still, lawyers. I still support. That's right. I still support everything y'all do, but right. why y'all doing it? It wasn't no space Oscar Michelle on Star Trek. We supposed to be talking about Girls Trip. We're talking about, right, right, we're right. talking about Girls Trip. Talking about Girls Trip. Um, 
which I bait and switch. <laughs> that was what was about. Oh, we ambushed this you. This is what happens when you feed me pound cake. I just. <laughs> Um, my wife made pound cake. So good. Made you drop your guard. So good. Yeah, that that that's all it took. Right. Pound cake. Right. Girls, you know you got those friends. The ones that got your back. The ones that keep it real. We haven't hung in five years. We need a girls' trip. Come say goodbye to your mama. She's going off to get some love so she can stop being so grouchy all the time. Yeah. Your mama know there's cobwebs on that thing. Your girl's gonna be kicking all weekend. Liz, please refrain from saying things that never looked up on the Urban Dictionary. Have fun on your hashtag Black Girl Magic Weekend. Girl, bye. You getting some this weekend. You gonna get at least two dicks this weekend. You know what? I need you to use your lady mouth. I need you to use your lady mouth. <laughs> All my ladies around the world. This weekend is about us here together. Almost ready. Yes, this is hand-stitched embroidery from a tribe in Guatemala. So they not fucking in Guatemala? We got shit to do, so buckle up, bitch. We're going to be staying up late, making memories that we can laugh about for the rest of our lives. I have to pee. Look, the line is short over there. There's a long line in the bathroom here. Just go for it. Oh, shit. love you have us and thank you for bringing us back together i've not had this much fun in so long for real though mm. cut her off this is absent if you drink too much of it it's gonna have you hallucinate oh shit <laughs> let's get around for the table put it on my card you put something in them drinks didn't you let's dance this shit off The girls trip, ladies and gentlemen, a 2017 American comedy film starring Regina Hall, Queen Latifah, Tiffany Haddish and Jada Pinkett Smith, Mm -hmm. directed by Malcolm D. Lee and written by Kenya Barris and Tracy Oliver from a story by that pair, as well as Erica Rivenoja who based the script off their own experiences with their female friends. It follows a group of four friends who go to New Orleans to attend the Essence Music Festival in order to reconnect. And this film was brought to us here in the land of Brooklyn by none other than Tatiana. Yes. So what say you, Tatiana, of Girls Trip? One of my most favorite films, you want to call it black film, favorite black film, I because for me in my history, it was the first time I saw a film where not only did it feature all black women, star all black women, but it showed them in a completely free way. I didn't see that they were caricatures. Yes, they all represented certain archetypes, but right. they weren't 
like a, a play off of like a Tyler Perry, Perry yeah, no, character, not at all. right? Right, right. So you know, the God fearing woman and all this other stuff. Like, no, it was like everyone were their own thing. But even greater than that, it was a comedy, and it showed them doing off the wall things, like stuff that I personally have never seen an ensemble cast of black women do. I at the time, and I and I'm and I stopped doing it because I don't want to compare. You know, white led film to that, but at the time I compared it to Bridesmaids because okay. that was the first comedy film with women that I saw where, like, for for those who've seen Bridesmaids, if you didn't, you're kind of late. But they, I mean, Melissa McCarthy was wilding. I mean, she, <laughs> she she was like jumping on people, doing backflips, you know, kissing on people, like like. like then you know, people is is having bowel movements in the street yeah. in their wedding dress, like. Yes. Stuff like that you wouldn't see, you know, whether it was because, you know, a lot of people say, oh, as a woman, that's, that's not, you shouldn't be, that's not ladylike, or, you know, you look ugly doing that, or whatever. The stuff that you normally see these, these people like the Seth Rogans and all these Judd Apatow films, they, they're doing all sorts of wild mm-hmm. stuff, you know, eating nasty things, saying the wildest things, but it's funny. Mm-hmm. You saw that happen with women and, and bridesmaids. So then to see this happen, but with black women, and it's just like complete freedom. Right. It, to me represented the women that I'm used to being around and the and, and really just the women who I've grown up with and women in my own family. Like there's, there, there, yes, there, there are archetypes of people, but everyone's a real person. Like there's a full body person. And I felt like I saw more of that. Like they were just allowed to be funny. Mm-hmm. There were no boundaries yeah. when it came to yeah. girlship. It was just, you could say whatever you want to say, do whatever you want to do and just be funny. And I appreciated that. So I, I enjoyed it. And then we were talking about a little bit, uh, off mic, or actually, I was on mic on take two of this uh, this episode. <laughs> where we, it's the magic uh, number. <laughs> where um, you mentioned that one of the other things that spoke to you was that this took place at the Essence Fest. Yes, which is I said the center of gravity of all Black women once a year. <laughs> I've been there twice, um, and funny enough, I was there the first time I went was there the, the, when they were actually filming. And didn't realize it. Wow. And at the time, I was doing a podcast with State Farm. It was myself, Angela Yee, and Hey Fran Hey. And we were in a car on the way to convention center to to do a, a recording. And so we're in the like you know on the back side of it. So we're we're going through passing all these doors and people getting out. And in one door, I see Queen Latifah, the herself. Wow. So I like yo. So I roll down the window, and Angela just laughing at me. But I roll down the window. I'm like, Queen, just <laughs> on the top of my lungs, yo. And I'm like waving out the window, and she turns around, and and like I said, we're past her, but she looks and she she waves. You know, she does her I'm cool wave. Yeah, her but queen I was freaking wave. out. Right. But come to find out, after I see the movie, I see the hairstyle she's wearing. I'm like, wait, that's the same hairstyle she had when I was waving at her. Wow. So for all I know, they was filming something when I was right there. So to not even realize it, but the same time you was there, they were all there filming this scene. Mm-hmm. Under yeah. everybody knows, and that's what I don't think no one realized that they were filming a movie. Right, it felt like under everybody's noses, and then to be part of that experience myself. Right, to to be there with women of all t- black women of all types, like li- like literally, if you wanted to find any type of black woman, whether it's physical characteristics, cultural background, whatever, they're there. They're at SS Fest. And also uh, age-wise, too. It's, it's yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Generations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I I have a special place in my heart for SS Fest. And then for them to center this um, part one, I call it. Because I know, you know, there's more sequels coming. No, oh, yeah. But this version of the film, to have them centered around SS Fest, it, it just made so much sense. It was fun. 
You said you were surprised by Girls Trip. Vince. I was surprised by it. I, I didn't expect, well, you know, a couple of things. And I think this is perfect. There, there's a moment where Queen Latifah's character sees a white guy, I, I, like parasailing between buildings. Oh, zip lining. Zip lining. Zip lining. Zip lining. Yeah. And she looks up and she says, you know, you know, that's some real white boy shit right there. Yes. Which is something that many of us have said about stuff that we see. And it's funny and it, it, it you know goes into the cliche of white people doing stuff that black people don't do. But then you think about it and what you're really saying is that there's some things that we feel like we can't do yes. or some things that we don't do. Mm-hmm. So that later in the film, when all four of the women do the same thing, it's almost like this great metatextual statement about this film because mm-hmm. I think you're right I think there's there's just so much joy in this film and so much freedom with these black women being themselves yes. and enjoying each other and the joy and the love and I think because I hadn't seen it I didn't see it when it came out and oh. but you know of course I read all the press and yeah. saw the you know the think pieces so I knew that was there right and I think what surprised me was how good of a film it is though it's very because you you know we, we've talked before like mm-hmm. like there are films like barbershop and friday that that the two of us really love because it seems like on the surface there's sort of like like there's there's nothing really groundbreaking there yeah but the quality is so much that it sort of elevates it to the level of oh this this is an actual film yeah. and i think with Malcolm Lee's direction, which, you know, Malcolm Lee, you know, talk about a film like The Best Man or these films. Kenya Barris and I just forgot the sister's name who who, who also wrote the script with him. Ken- Kenya, I mean, his his crowning recent oh, achievement is blackish. So. Right, right. Tracy, Tracy Oliver. Yeah. Tracy, Tracy Oliver. Tracy, crazy right. background. The script right. is amazing. But I think this is another case of when you have a creative team that that is supportive and that believes in these actors queen latifah you know regina hall huge regina hall fan and i think this is yet another example of regina hall being a, a an actor that should be the biggest star in the universe <laughs> jada pinkett apparently what i've needed my whole life with jada pinkett is funny Jada Pinkett. So you're doing a comedy. Jada Pinkett is a revelation in this. <laughs> and then Tiffany Haddish. For Tiffany Haddish to be with these three seasoned actors working at the top of their game, and Tiffany Haddish actually stands out, is remarkable. So I think what surprised me was, and then the other thing is, you know, for comedy, you never really assume a comedy is going to, you know, well, it's a comedy. Yeah. Like for the four of them to turn in this really sophisticated, nuanced depiction of friendship, like friendship. It's about friendship. Like friendship. Yes. But black female friendship, which we never see yeah. outside of something, you know, amazingly stereotypical, amazingly one note. And it really was like I, I was I, like, I, you know, we, we talk all the time. Like we don't talk, you know, we watch the movie mm-hmm. and then we talk when we see each other. Mm. Like I was texting Lynn. Like I was I was like, yo, like I broke my rule. But I really, really, really enjoyed this film. It's a very funny movie. 
It's extremely yeah. fun. I'm not surprised by that Tiffany Haddish stands out like she does because Tiffany Haddish, you know, of the four of them, is a stand-up comedian. You know right, what I mean? Right. And you can tell that there are scenes where Malcolm just turned on the camera and said, all right, Tiffany, go. And just let her go and flip it. And as a matter of fact, there's actually the there's one to me, very famous scene where she's saying what she's going to do to one guy um, <laughs> where the camera is, I, at least to me, I know that the camera is stuck, is locked on her. And the only other real face you see during this scene is that every once in a while, it cuts to Regina Hall and everybody else is seen over the shoulder. And Tiffany is just going in about sticking her fingers here and pulling <laughs> this and yanking on these and, and cutting this. <laughs> And I contend that the reason why you don't see everybody else's <laughs> face is because they are all cracking Chris the hell up. Right. They, they have they to They just can't. And Regi- poor Regina Hall has to sit there <laughs> and listen because that's who she's talking to. Right, right. And actually has to be the one to play the straight face. Because <laughs> there's literally a scene where all you see is Tiffany talking and the side of Queen Latifah's hair. And her hair is not moving a bit. No. So right. you can't tell me Queen Latifah is it's there. actually there. It's, it's just her hair because <laughs> Queen Latifah is over on the side dying. Right, right. Dying with laughter. But again, like you said, um, to see funny Jada Pinkett. And th- funny Jada Pinkett is not a revelation to me because I fell in love with Jada Pinkett from Low Down Dirty Shame, where she is oh. like the sidekick. To yeah. uh, Keenan Ivory Wayne. See, I didn't like her in Low Down Dirty Shit. See, I, I fell in love with her in that man. Yeah. That, that's fine. That's just a, that's just a low down dirty shame. But she is gorgeous in that because one, she's she in low down dirty shame. She's running around in this big sweatsuit, which is gorgeous. And then she's got, which she just looks cute because it's a big sweatsuit because it was those days of big sweatsuits. And then she has her hair and it's like all nicely like like waved up and there's a curl coming over her eye. And I was like, oh my god, it's gorgeous. But anyway, but she was funny. I was gonna say, but also she was funny. But she was funny. <laughs> She was she was brought that funny in that right, movie. She, right. she was like the comedy relief in that movie. So I'm used to that. And right. I've always wanted the return. I was- Culture Kings is a podcast on the How Stuff Works Network, hosted by comedians Jackie's Neal and Edgar Montplacier. Every Wednesday and Friday, these two friends dive into topics ranging from sports, music, to movies, style. They wonder whether or not Donald Glover is a genius or a weirdo. They continuously decipher Kanye West's tweets and behavior. They also have recurring segments like Queen of the Week, The List, and Top Fives like Marvel Movies and Video Games. Listen to Culture Kings and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and find out the best way to eat a taco. Oh. What's the best way to eat a taco? That's with your hands? With your hands. Also, with salsa on top of everything to hold the ingredients down. It's like a layer. It's the layer. Right. So that the lettuce doesn't fall off. Can't have falling lettuce. Oh, because that was the Jada end Pinkett. of funny Jada Pinkett for the most part. Because yeah. after that, I you, never knew she was that funny. But now, now she is in here, and she is like 
insane playing a, totally against type because yes. when you see her in all her pictures with you know like Will on a on a on a red carpet and everything, she's like you know she's she's Jada you know and she's got mm-hmm. like the nine inch heels and you know I mean, she's one of the queens of Black Hollywood exactly so yeah. you know so yeah. when she she carries herself very regally what so when she's in this movie looking like a Black Amish, I'm like yo what <laughs> this is insane yeah she did look kind of. <laughs> But she, but she, she actually just like I, I loved it. I, I loved every bit of this movie. Is it a little bit? Is it a little bit kind of like by the numbers of, of a comedy? Sure, there's some of that. Yeah, like, there's an evil black man in this movie. But I mean, it's it's also Malcolm Dewey. And, and actually, Malcolm, he's a friend of our show. We've had him on many times, and but we told him to his face. We're like, so what's that about? Like, right. so and he'll laugh and like I forgot what movie he did that was really bad, and he admitted that it was bad. He was like, I know it was bad. I just I just needed that check. So hey. no, that's right. So he knows there's some to your point. There's some by the number stuff there, but I think what they allowed was for everything else to try to shine yeah. and and let that just rise above it. Yes, at its core, there's some like okay, girl, like that's kind of Tyler right. Perry ish, but. At the same time, it, it it was much so much above that mm-hmm. and beyond that that you you let that go. Plus, the other thing that I appreciated this is one one thing you pointed out is that you know you very rarely see a comedy where women and let alone black women, but just women in general mm-hmm. are are allowed to just have slapstick fun. Yes, you know, right? Just acting I've like never showing right. the physical comedy. And I've and I'm not saying that there has not been. It's just from from my understanding of film, I've never seen black women do physical comedy. If it, if, right. if like it has happened, you're right. It's few right. and far between. Yeah. that that has happened. So th- so it was glorious to to see that be allowed in this movie and, yeah. and the women just getting getting in. Plus, the other thing is that as much as Tiffany Haddish does steal it, the laughs are generous. Oh yeah, everyone oh, gets absolutely. their moment to have like yeah. a, a laugh the moment because there was a. a and uh, initially, when you're watching this movie, you're maybe getting about 20, 40 minutes in, and you're fig- you're figuring, okay, Regina Hall is the straight woman mm-hmm. in this movie. But then you cut to the cooking scene where she's up on the dais mm-hmm. with her husband. Oh yeah, and you know, tip- and she's it's like, excuse me, <laughs> this is my time, my moment. Come on, man. You know, uh, look, Regina Hall. In my mind, Regina Hall, if she wanted to, could have played every role in this. Because she is, you know, obviously in a lot of ways she's the lead, mm-hmm. but she can be, you know, sort of dowdy and then, you know, come to find out that she has this other side to her. Regina Hall is hilarious. She is. I mean, she's been, a, and that's another Michael she's lead in, in the scary, scary movies. In the scary movies, yeah. you know, we, um, she pops up periodically and she's hilarious. Regina Hall can be the, the friend. So I like the fact that you're right. Like, like. You had these, you know, as you said, archetypes and say, okay, well, she's the, this one, she's the, that one, she's the, this one. But just like in real life, everybody ha- has this full personality yes. so that at any given moment, they're funny, they're serious, they're, you, you know, kind of, um, they have these interpersonal situations. Yeah. I wrote in my notebook, this was the best argument between friends I've ever seen on screen. It was most real. I've had arguments like that. Where the four of them had this sort of cross stream where they're beefing with each other. And it's like, you're the primary person that I'm angry with, 
But since we're in this space, <laughs> I have something to say to you too. Yes. <laughs> and it goes back and forth. And the film establishes this camaraderie so much that as the viewer, it doesn't feel artificial that you know they're going to come back together. No. Like, you know, this is a family falling out so that it's going to come back. And then when it does, it's earned. It really mm, is, you know. Very good point. Absolutely. So I can't say enough about this film. Something else you said, um, because I thought you were talking about the scene where Tiffany Haddish was was with the banana. Oh. Yeah. It was several. I'm saying it was so many scenes with yeah. her while and out. Like <laughs> Joy and freedom, I think, were my catchphrases in my notes. The fact that these four women were allowed to be sexual creatures. Yeah. Without any type of indictment. Without any... Without any punishment. For me, it was also without turning them, using the character caricatures, turning them into that, that sci-fi type of... Exactly. Of, of, oh, you know, black, sexualized black woman. Well, I didn't... And again, it's because it was a black team, mm-hmm. black-led film, because they allowed you to be human. Is that, yes, as a black woman, we have sexual size, but it wasn't like... Oh, she's sexual because she's black. It wasn't right, like that. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. That's very that that is very true. It's funny that you looked at that scene and you call it the banana scene. Most people call it the grapefruit scene. The grapefruit scene. What's that say about me? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I'm wondering. I don't know what that means. Because I've never heard it called the banana scene. They call scene. it the banana scene? No. For, for me, my the most transformative scene for various reasons was the zip lining scene. Mm-hmm. Because why, why Tatiana? Because as I said, like I've there's certain things I've never seen in film, particularly from black women. And Mm -hmm. for Tiffany Haddish to sorry if y'all didn't see it, it's too late. For her to stop in the middle of the zip line and pee. Projectile pee. Project on everybody. (laughs) Yes. And it and it wasn't like I mean, well, 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 Tiffany did it and so did Jada. Jada didn't mean to, it just happened. Right, right. Tiffany did it on purpose. Right. But for them to do that, again, it, it, it went into the whole slapstick physical comedy. It went into the whole taboo mm-hmm. about what, as a woman, what you can and cannot do. It went into the fact that one person was, was uh, just a different personalities. One person was yeah. completely aghast and so so uh, emotional about it. The other one was like, hey, we all gonna do it. <laughs> right. But then it also showed you, first what you said about friendship, that, you know, my friend is feeling some type of way because she had a situation she couldn't control. I'm gonna add on to it to let her know she's not by herself. Right. right. Yeah. Because at the end of that, that's really why her character did that. You know, right. besides the fact that she's out of her mind, she was just like, I'm not gonna let my friend go out like that right. by herself and being so embarrassed about something, I'm going to join in with you. It's um, it's it's like the old saying, a friend bails you out of prison. Your best friend is sitting on the bench next to you in the cell. Pretty much. So It's interesting. Another scene that really spoke out to me with Tiffany Haddish character, Dina, I think it was her name mm-hmm. in, the, in the film, like being so off the wall as she was. Yeah. Then after the end of their first day which ended in the morning she she basically says uh uh-uh, uh come on come on come on and she goes and it's not played for laughs at all nope. she goes and says prayers yes at the bed at her bed she said i ain't going to hell <laughs> i ain't because i ain't going to hell right and i'm going to make sure that y'all don't go either you know what i mean and i i, I like that but what i like more about it was i i like that uh, 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 by itself but then as she said her prayer 
Her prayer, while was was a joyful prayer, it wasn't a joking prayer. No, it no. It was like, you know, I'm glad that me and my girlfriends are here and fill our hearts with the joy that we're going to have fun here. It was a sincere prayer, yeah. and, and which gave you just enough of the other side of her character right, right. that you could appreciate and accept how off the wall she was because at the end of the day she was off the wall because that's how she's living her life and we all got friends that live yeah. our life that oh, way yeah. but but it's always still going to be bout about it yes. you know ride or die going to have to slap a brother <laughs> when he needs to be slapped I mean they, they, they sort of said she has no filter but no filter oftentimes we just play it for laughs but mm-hmm. no filter means I'm actually thankful for this friendship. No yeah. filter means you hurt my friend. So I'm trying to break a bottle. And and because, you know, you talk about being played for laughs. That's played for laughs. But she actually was going at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, th- that means that at the end, she acknowledged. I mean, I love the fact that she said it. I know that y'all just think I'm the comic relief, this, that, and the other. But then mm-hmm. Jada Pinkett's character says, but you're also the most loyal. Mm. like this is an Mm -hmm. actual person this isn't just somebody you know how many ways can i say i love this like i did i was like wow this is amazing it's i don't know it's it it just it was just a full body of people a full body of thought and understanding and it allowed the like the audience like you felt like you were also their friend yeah as you watched it so i i one of my most favorite movies and you can tell they love each other like these oh, four yeah. actresses and you read about it and they say they still have this friendship and you know certainly queen latifah and jada pinkett have known each other for yeah, years yeah but i would watch a spinoff or just a series of movies with jada pinkett and tiffany haddish forever <laughs> like I wish they would just become a traveling you, you know I'm sure everybody has heard the Tiffany Haddish Groupon story that she tells. Yes. And but I mean the two of them together. I mean they're they're like they're like like Martin and uh, Lewis and Martin. Yeah. I guess Martin and Lewis. Martin and because Lewis. the straight man always gets top billing. That's right. Which I never understood. Because like I thought Costello was Abbott for like 10 years and they said oh no the straight man gets top billing wait is that the way most comedy teams are supposed to be yeah that's the way it used to be so it was like what crosby and hope crosby and hope martin and lewis and abbott and costello abbott and costello i did not know that you learned something you know why because it doesn't make sense (laughs) it's never made sense it doesn't make sense sydney portier and and bill cosby okay well that makes sense because sydney portier but that's different why is it different? I don't know why it's different, Lynn. <laughs> because it is. It's not. It's not. Another thing this movie made me appreciate was that you will not, or it will be hard-pressed to put together, a similar film for black guys. And here's the mm. reason why. I think there are at least... a in my mind as I'm scanning you know 30 40 year old black actors out there there are few and far between that I think would allow them themselves to appear vulnerable enough on film you know either not to be able to, to get the laughs or have to 
put down their their, their guard enough to just be off the wall silly or drop mm-hmm. their ego enough that you you give each other the ding, space. Ding 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 ding. It's the ego, and I completely agree. I with mean, you. y'all black men, so you could tell me, but I think it's the ego part that they a lot of them just the actors, male actors, can get besides themselves like it's just like oh i would never put myself in that position right and not to say that they're none of them all of them feel that way it's just i've never seen that but i have to have top billing i have to have yeah and you know i think unfortunately a lot of that is just frankly the reality of being a black actress i think black actresses have been forced to understand what it's like to be generous mm-hmm. because you never get i mean again like it's a running thing with us there is absolutely no reason on earth regina hall is not the biggest star in the universe except she's a black woman right so you know for somebody of that caliber of talent who spent 20 years kind of you know having to be generous you understand like this is my shot but let tiffany haddish have the you know crazy wacky role Mm -hmm. right because i think that's just what you have to do that's a shame, though, man, because like you say, Tatiana, you do have, you know, the Seth Rogen films out there, the John yeah. Apatow films out there. You know, there's no reason why there shouldn't be like there's no reason why there shouldn't be, you know, the similar black guy film. I pro- Probably the closest we've come to it was maybe the Friday movies. With- I mean, even that, that's just two guys. Yeah. I was thinking the best man. No, no, none of them. That it's not comedy. It's, it's not, not comedy. really Purely comedy. comedy anyway. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's also because of the system, the Hollywood system as well. Sure. Because the only reason you were able, and I, and I feel this 100%, the only reason why you were able to see Girl's Trip as it was, was because of the team behind it. It was, because, well, yeah. it was completely led and built. And of course, money comes from different sources and all that, but it was built by people of color. Mm-hmm. Right. Period. And right. we were in charge. We set the parameters. We put the people in place and directed it, filmed it, did everything that needed to be done to make sure that this happened, wrote it. Right. Can you imagine you know what I'm saying? Like we need, we had to be put in every position in order for it to happen. So I feel like another reason why that doesn't happen is because the way the Hollywood system is just the way it's built right now is do you have those teams that are getting these shots like that? Do you have these groups of, and yes, they're there, but are they, do they have the money to do all this stuff? When you have the Judd Apatow's and stuff of the world, he's not hiring black actors right. for, to fill in these scenes. Because if you really want to, if you really want to be clear, all of those stories, 40 year old virgin, all that other stuff, those could have been, except for Easily. when it, Except for like anything related to any Jewish jokes, but right, that could right. have been done with black characters or, or black actors, right? Yeah, men yeah. and women, right? Or even people of color actors, like like fully, like like that's the thing. It's it's not them being a person of color as an actor. It's not them that dictates those roles. It's the fact that is the way you what you write. If you're a good actor, you can do anything. We well, established exactly right. that Regina Hall can do anything. You can put her in any of these roles. It doesn't matter. She can make it happen. So I feel like, as, as, as using those movies as an example, you could have put a whole bunch of black people in it, and it still would have been the same movie. Right. Minus, again, you know, those jokes that are, are cultural to right, that specific culturally thing. specific. But... You, if you have a black actor that's willing to do the, you know, put the ego aside, do the the slapstick work or the stuff that it's not meant to be demeaning. It's just that you know this is just different. If you are willing to do that, I don't see why it couldn't happen. And I just believe it's because 
one of the main things is because we don't have the same type of access and we don't have the same type of reach. But do right. you think that we internally? But do you honestly? Right. Do you think that's an honest argument now in 2018, where there are so many outlets now, and all they are they are all hungry for content mm. that that. It, it, that is that is a viable argument that um and i'm not going to say let's not say even say um ice cube but say ice cube or mm-hmm. or kevin hart or or any of any of these guys and and to this point i should say kevin hart's that real real husbands of hollywood that that went there a little bit too so i i, I should it did i yeah. I, 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 give, yeah. I give him give him his props on that um but you don't think that that they can't put together the structure to approach a Netflix and Amazon to put together something like this, because like you said, yes, the system was in place for this to, to be made happen, but don't get me wrong. You could see a lot of that system in girls trip in the movie. They mm-hmm. went to essence fest. Well, you know, essence fest. Oh, we're filming a movie there. Sure. What do you need? They're going to open They're up. Gonna the door. Right. Right. Yeah. Because we stay within the community. I exactly. I want that community to expand and and it's difficult because like to your point, yes, we could come up with this structure and approach a Netflix and be like, okay, let's do this. But it's just like we're constantly having to go to elsewhere yeah, and be like, can, right. can y'all do this for us? Right. And unless it's someone more progressive like Netflix, because I feel like Netflix is more progressive than others. True. It, or maybe even an Apple. Like forget networks and people who are yeah, intrinsically. Yeah, absolutely. The, the tech places that got the money that are trying to build these media networks and the Amazons, all that. It's like we can go but so far because we, because we've been blocked from getting to a lot of those spaces, or there's not enough of us in those spaces right. to, to pull up everybody. You know what right. I'm saying? So it's like it's like we got to attack it in several different ways. Like we got to do more this where we're using our the built-in communities, which is what like Girl Strip did, right? But we also still got to, as you say, we still got to approach the Netflix and be like, look, I have a plan and this is what I'm trying to do with this plan. Right. And I guess hope that they say yes. Right. <laughs> I mean, I mean, again, you, you know, like I said, I missed, you, and I kind of read around it, but since I didn't see it, I didn't, you know, I didn't go deep into it, but getting ready for this episode, it's fascinating reading the articles about girls trip where, you know, you see how much money it made. And, you know, it's like these, you know, about this black audience and all of these articles that were written pre-Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that, you know, I think we are in, like, when you're talking about taking these these packages and these plans, we're maybe in a new place mm-hmm. where we're going to keep getting these huge paydays because black audiences are so hungry. Mm-hmm. And audiences in general are hungry for something different like we talk about how much money we make off of us which i think is vitally important and i think that's where the conversation has to start girl strip did not make 200 million dollars just off of us yeah Mm -hmm. you know black panther didn't make a billion dollars just off of us so we need to talk about that too where we're the foundation but this, it as they say, it sells overseas. Yeah, it, you know, it absolutely sells. And then also these places, it's got to work the opposite way too. The Disney's and the 
Paramount and all these other people, they got to come down. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's true. Yeah. You got to come down from on high and we got to, like, like, it's like, it's a multi-pronged approach. Right. And, and that's why I keep talking about the system is just like, I'm not saying it about, oh, I blame the white man. And like, I'm not doing that. Right. I'm saying that there is a clear, there are clear avenues for people of color in general. Just like how, if you talk about the, the Asian community or even the Southeast Asian community, they have so much going on there and no publishers or directors, they want to touch their stuff. Right. Like you see how long it took them just to get a movie that that's with crazy rich Asians. Mm-hmm. Like, right. Right. And you right. can't tell me there's more of them than everybody else. So you can't <laughs> tell me that there's no there's no community or, or not even community. They can't tell me there's no audience for that. Yeah. Right. You can't tell me there's no money for that. Right. Like it, it, I just feel like there are w- ways that the system can be essentially broken and something new be put into place where you have to uh, you have to we were reaching for it, but also put us in those spots, put us strategically with Girls Trip. I meant we mentioned, you know, Essence Fest. We mentioned from the director's standpoint, writers, actors. From a PR standpoint, their PR company was all black. It's a black-owned, woman-owned PR company. Wow. And the reason why I know is because they're the ones who invited me to that screening. Okay. And I like so I know them. So they they make sure that they get in the black people with these outlets. Just like how we talk about how are these movies, and I forgot what movies coming up now that everyone's complaining about. How is this movie that is directed towards the black audience you do you barely have any black uh, uh outlets on red carpet or, right. you, or we can't even get a, a word in edgewise right and I'm saying it's just even even things where it comes to the distrib- distribution or the media side of it the coverage side of it mm-hmm. let, let let us in right and and also we're doing stuff where we we were like if you're not gonna let us in we're gonna make our way in but at the same time it, you got we got to try to figure out ways around it and that's why this the the industry has to change Mm -hmm. from a from just generally speaking it just has to change all right we we need to start wrapping this up but i don't want to wrap this up without at least touching on one person who we didn't in my mind show enough love to and that is queen latifah Mm -hmm. because queen latifah in this film is like uh quote unquote the elder statesman in this film mm-hmm. um, but she is the ground upon which this film can ride because when you see her you you just trust oh it's Queen Latifah so it's gonna be alright boom let's go let's rock and roll you yeah know I, mean? I trust everything she's yeah and and me just a long time Queen Latifah fan let me just let me just say there's I don't know what hairstyle she was rocking when you saw her the but, ponytail was it the ponytail, <laughs> the ponytail. yes because the ponytail was it was bringing me to the yard because I was like, oh <laughs> my god, <laughs> it was the ponytail. Oh, she and and I also like it was a lot of it. It was a lot of it. But I also like, <laughs> but I also like that in this film that Queen Latifah was um, made to look a little vulnerable, which yes. a lot of times mm. is 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 against type with her mm. in her movies. So that's why I really appreciated her in this film. You know what? I disagree with you. I am a. You fan. didn't like the ponytail. <laughs> <laughs> I am a fan of Queen Latifah's acting in theory, but I think if you look at her filmography, more times than not, filmmakers don't know what to do with her. Yes. Okay. That's it. so that I almost want Queen Latifah to just make movies with black women. Okay. Because when she's in white, remember that weird period. In like like the late nineties or like the early two thousands, where they were kind of like desexualizing her, and she was almost 
like a postmodern mammy almost. Like she oh was kind of wise and you know, she like she made the movie with Dolly Parton and Oh. And even The Secret Life of Bees, where she just sort of stood in the background and and didn't really have a sexuality. And then when she's a romantic lead, it just never clicks. Are you talking about just right? I'm talking about common? just right. I'm talking about the movie with LL Cool J. I'm talking about like Queen Latifah. But this where she doesn't she, do ball men well. <laughs> I love that you play the guy. I love it. I think when she's sort of in this context of black female friendship, it works beautifully because, like you said, she has the space to be vulnerable. She has the space to be angry without her being like this big black shrew. Right. You know, she has the space to be funny without being buffoonish. Living mm-hmm. single. Right. I mean, it really is that living single mode that works brilliantly for her. So I loved her in this, but I loved her in this because to my mind, this is like, this is what works for Return Queen to Latifah. For right. I got you. I got you. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there that's you go. fair. That's fair. <laughs> well, thank you, Vince. All right. All right. All right. So would we, we go out on saying, well, I think unabashedly, this is a black film. I think that. This is a black film. <laughs> Yeah, this is a black film. Like, it takes place at Essence Fest. Right. So, there you go. Film. Like, I turned it on. But it some hot sauce appeared in front of my TV. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> but it doesn't mean, as we see by the numbers, that only black people can enjoy it. Right. Very right. true. Very true. So, would you recommend Girls Trip? Absolutely. Tatiana? I recommend it to every white woman I saw <laughs> in the street. I recommend it all over the place. You should everybody. probably stop. Stopping white women in the street yelling at them about girls trip. Why? That just doesn't seem safe. Well, well, that's true about the safety. I, I <laughs> probably should fall back a little bit. But, right. but yelling at white women in the street. Go see girls trip. Especially it's like three years after the. Like <laughs> 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 girl, I've been seeing that. I got a bootleg. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Not me. Not I, you. I actually pay because I, I support my people. Right. So. But anyway, but no, I, yes. Glad it wasn't streaming on CBS. <laughs> <laughs> Go see Girls Trip. Allegedly. <laughs> you would recommend it as well, Vince? Oh, I would absolutely recommend it. I would absolutely recommend it. Not only would I recommend it, but if you've just listened to our our uh, impromptu binge lounge where we talked about it being oh, yes, fairly high on on IndieWire's top twenty five yes list of black films oh it was yeah hmm. and I has I said oh I don't because I'd only watched like ten minutes and I was like I don't know about that's real like I'm real like that's real high <laughs> but I would I think it was right where it needed to be yeah yeah, yeah. it was like in the teens yeah yeah, yeah. so mm. I would absolutely recommend it I would recommend it as well ladies and gentlemen you. Need to go see Girls Trip again. Again. Um, it's streaming on HBO now, right now. So go watch it on HBO. Go check it out. It, it, it's worth watching in all its unabashed glory. Right, because what I thought you were you were going to say, you need to see it with like friends or in a in a. Because I was howling. Yeah. And I don't remember the last time I saw something and I howled. I was crying. It was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. This is a this is a very funny comedy. Yeah. So. Tatiana, thank you so much. Yes. Thank you for having me. I had a good time. 
That's fun. fun. Yes. We're gonna have to get her back now that she's a trekhead. We gotta when we I was about I was I, I was Jason thinking about again. Spock and Jason should be coming up in a few months. So let me let me know because I'm into it. You know, I'll sit there and argue about Cisco and all sorts of stuff. So you know. Okay. Oh Lord. I'm with it. Oh, I'm ready. George Carmona knows. Shout out to George Carmona. <laughs> We'll go all in. It, it, but the people that are our missionaries that uh, listen mm-hmm. to the show and they fall in love with uh, Tatiana mm-hmm. a, as we have and they want to get in touch with you, how should they do? You can hit me up pretty much on every social media platform at Tatiana King, T-A-T-I-A-N-A-K-I-N-G. You can hit me up at Fanbros Show, F-A-N-B-R-O-S-S-H-O-W. Um, just Google both of those. I didn't just say just Google me. I, I'm, not, I'm not rude like that, but... Pretty much, if you just search for that, you can find us everywhere. There you go. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that uh, does it for this edition of the Michelle Mission. You can find us uh, for your download and streaming pleasure on MichelleMission.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, any place and every place the good podcast be. You can also catch us in a on radio on Saturdays at 1 p.m. on WPPM LP 106.5 FM and on Mondays at 9 a.m. Start your Monday drive with Mondays with Michelle on 91.7 WKDU FM in Philadelphia. Because who wouldn't want us yelling at them as they're driving to work? Are we about to be on the radio? Oh, yes. And also check us out as proud members of the Podglomerate family of curated podcasts just for you. All right, we got to get out of here. I'm Len, he's Vince, and in parting, we say... We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.